Welcome to Average Meeple, where average people talk about games. My name's James. And my name's Cora, and this is episode three. Uh, we just got back from PAX East this week. Uh, we, we spent a whole episode last week talking about our previous experiences PAX and how excited we are for this week for it to be back up. And we got to uh, play a bunch of really cool games there. Got to see some cool panels. Um, what else did we see? I Yeah, I had a really great time. I, I spent most of my time doing panels, but I did get some games in there. Yeah, so I conversely, I spent a lot of time playing games. Spent most of my packs just out of the tabletop area trying to play some new games. So this week we came up with a handful of games that we each picked that we want to talk about. Um, I think I picked five or six games. I think, Corey, you have you know six or seven. So you know, we're just going to kind of go through those games, talk a little bit about the games themselves, how they're played, and, and overall just what our thoughts were on them. So anyway, let's, uh, let's dig in. So I think I mentioned in the last episode that the game that I wanted to play the most at PAX this year was Life Siphon. And Life Siphon is currently on Kickstarter. It's a game developed by Lay Waste Games. They were the creators of Dragoon, uh, the Dragoon expansion, uh, Human Era. So the game is basically a sequel to Dragoon, and the concept is that humans have now gone underground and have found a box that says don't open, and of course they open it, and they're now all cursed. So the mechanics of the game, you were able to summon familiars to basically fight battles for you in the underground. So there's three types of familiars that you can summon, and you summon familiars by spending your life points. There's the Lich, the Imp, and the Dread Knight. Each one has its own cost. Each one has its own attack and defense. So you move them into the center of the board where the battleground is, and that is when you can attack or defend. And one of the interesting mechanics about the game is that you can only attack the person on your left. So, and then the person on your right is attacking you. So the thing that makes the game really interesting is that while you're trying to kill the person on your left, uh, you might have to sometimes heal the person on your right, even though they're trying to kill you. So it's an interesting balance. I didn't get to play an entire game. I was there with my two friends, Kevin and Bill. I think we got about through three or four rounds of battle. It's interesting how you have to balance spending your life to bring in familiars uh, versus trying to heal yourself, uh, trying to attack other people. You know, we, we all really enjoyed the game. I think it is going to be a game that I back on Kickstarter. I really have enjoyed Layways Games' previous games, and I know James also played the game. Did you have any other any other thoughts? I'll just I'll just add on to some of the things you said with you know the interesting balance between the game. So we we did get the opportunity to play a full game, and I also played a three person game, and it was really interesting because the game was coming down to the end, and we were all very low on life, and it came to a point where the person to my right was about to die. Uh, meaning that the third player was going to win. And so I actually had to heal that player to keep them alive. And that actually did change the course of the game. It, it was It is interesting to, you know, this entire game, this player to my right is attacking me. And it came down to a point where I had to keep them alive in order to, for hopes to win the game. So it, it is an interesting balance. And uh, I, I did think it was really cool. Yeah. Great. So what game did you want to talk about? Sure. Um, so the first game I'll talk about is a game called Everdell. Um, Everdell came out, I believe, uh, middle late last year, and it is a worker placement game. Uh, it's sort of a tableau builder. Um, so effectively, you have a you have a 
a board in front of you, and it's, and it's a really cool board, actually. It's, it's a very beautiful game. It's a very thematic game. Basically, what you are is you're trying to build uh, various forest structures as well as recruit critters into your, I don't know, your your play area, I guess. And so the way you do this is you can take, you know, you, you have your, your meeple and you can take your actions to collect resources. There's four different types of resources. And there's a number of different other actions you can take with... Uh, drawing cards or claiming milestones or achievements and ultimately on your turn you can you can choose to play a card by paying the resource cost. One of the things I really like about the game is that there's a ton of variants. So there are the actions that you can take on the board, there's some basic actions that are part of the board that are in every game, but also you draw four additional actions from a set of cards uh, which are you know unique to that game. Um, that, that's true with the actions you can take, it's also, it's also true with the milestones you can achieve. Uh, milestones are, you know, if you have a, a certain number, a certain type of card or whatever, then you can claim a milestone. It's worth points to the, the game. And so those milestones change from game to game, too. And so ultimately, you're trying to play these cards to get gold, and there's certain milestones you can collect to get gold, and so, you know, highest gold wins after a certain number of rounds. But yeah, as I mentioned, the game is, you know, it's a very beautiful game. It's this giant three-dimensional tree that a lot of the pieces sit on, the deck sits inside of. Um, it's also very thematic, which is kind of nice. Overall, I think I really liked it. I might consider getting it. I, I do have, a, I do know someone who owns it, uh, so there's a good chance I won't, just because I kind of have an opportunity to play it anyway. There is one kind of big complaint I had about it. The game is asynchronous in, in the end. Um, you can come to a point where you've kind of chosen that you have no more actions to take, or there's no more actions that you can take. But depending on how the game has progressed, the other players may have many, several more actions they can take. And so you may be sitting there for several turns just sort of waiting for the game to end to see who won. But overall, uh, Everdell was a lot of fun. Um, we, had, we definitely had a lot of fun playing it. First playthrough was definitely learning a lot of cards. There's a ton of cards in the game, and they all do something a little different that you have to learn. So overall, yeah, we liked it. So next I'm going to talk about a couple of games that I played uh, from Game Right. First one is Trash Pandas, and I know that James's brother actually bought this when they went after they came back from Gen Con. And it's a basic push-your-luck game. There's a few die with a couple different icons on them uh, that allow you to basically take things from the garbage, store them, and you're just you're rolling the die to be able to do these actions. But if you ever roll a die of an action that you've already rolled for, then you kind of bust. So uh, it's a pretty simple game. It played pretty quickly. You know, we liked it. It's not that much different from other push your luck games that we've played previously. The theme is pretty fun. You know, there's different items in the trash. They're all kind of spelled in different silly ways. Uh, so the the theme itself is is pretty fun. Um, it's it's definitely a more simplistic, easy to pull out game. Uh, and the second one from Game Right was this game goes to eleven. For those who are fans of This Is Spinal Tap will get that reference, and it is a musically themed game. Uh, it's very similar to Uno or the game Poop, if you've ever played that. Uh, and basically you're just trying to turn the amps up to 11, and you do that with, with different numbered cards, and they add up to 11, and if they do, you can the person who makes it add up to 11 can then pass the cards to whomever else in the game, and the goal is to go through the deck and end up with the least amount of cards in front of you. It was definitely a fun re-theme of that kind of game. 
and I did seriously consider getting it. I think it's a little bit more appropriate for a lot of playgroups uh, versus something like Poop. And so I might still get it at some point, uh, but it wasn't a game that I needed to have. So. Cool. All right, I'm going to jump into a couple more here. Uh, so another game I played was Photosynthesis. This is a game, uh, if you recall from our last week's uh, episode, I, I was really been looking forward to playing, and I, I did get to play it at PAX. And it is it is a game I, I definitely have my eye on. I probably will buy this game. Uh, this game is very interesting. If, if I recall, there is zero luck in this game. There are no dice, there are no cards, no draw piles, no random tiles. This game is simply... All information is known, and it's just who can make the best choices. Um, the theme of the game is that you're trying to plant and grow trees in attempts to um, absorb the most sunlight with your trees. Uh, so there's these interesting mechanics where the sun's kind of rotating around your forest um, throughout the rounds, and the light rays are coming from a certain side of the board, and trees that are on the board block trees next to them that are smaller and so it's it's very strategic in how you plant your trees and where you decide to plant your trees and um, which trees you decide to spend points on to make them grow taller and whatnot and eventually you have to harvest your trees which is where you ultimately get your points from um, and it's just a very very cool game the board is amazing it's you know it's a this board itself is fairly simple it's like a hexagonal board but then you have all of these uh, all these 3D figures for trees. Um, they're just cardboard, uh, but they they still just look great. Um, and we had a ton of fun playing it. And I think this is a game that you could spend a lot of time in and, and maybe get really good at. Which is which is honestly maybe the only downside to the game. I think that if you did play this game a lot and you did get really good at it, it may be difficult to introduce new players to because they may just have trouble, you know, keeping up with an experienced player, you know, similar to chess, I guess. But overall, I had a lot of fun playing the game. Uh, definitely going to probably pick that up at some point. Next game I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into is called Blood Rage. Uh, this is another game that I, I mentioned last week I was hoping to play. And this game is sort of sort of a two-part thing. It's it's part it's part card drafting. Um, which is for the smaller part, and that's it's more largely sort of a territory control type game. And one thing about it is, you know, if you ever play a territory control and you kind of want to stay to your own region or something, that's very difficult in Blood Rage. Blood Rage has a small, very tight board. There's just a limited number of kind of territories you can be in, and um, there's a lot of warring over these territories that happen. And I'm not a huge fan of sort of territory control games, but this one, um, I will say, I enjoyed quite a bit. Thematically, it's very cool to me. You know, we're talking um, Vikings, um, Ragnarok, Valhalla, um, that sort of stuff. And it has some really cool figurines that are part of it, and some very large figurines, too, um, that are very cool. The board itself maybe leaves a little bit to be desired. The artwork's a little um, kind of, I don't want to say basic, but maybe a little bland. Um, but that's all right for the theme of the game. I, I, think, I think it all works well. We did have a case where the game did feel a little snowball-y. The game's kind of played over three rounds, and one player had a very good first round and then just kind of carried through the rest of the game. So I don't know if that's just our lack of understanding the game to know you know, how to shut them down or whether it's uh, you know, just that's the type of game it is. But um, we still have a lot of fun playing it. It's very, definitely a very cool game, um, but one that I may 
may put that one off a little while on the buy list, but still still interested in. Is there another game you want to talk about, Cora? So another game that I've been wanting to try is called Dude, and that is by North Star Games. It's another publisher that I really like a lot of their titles. Uh, this game is very similar to Happy Salmon, which I know uh, James and Grant were making fun of me for, for liking, but it's a very simple, easy-to-pick-up party game. I, could, I actually did purchase this while we were at PAX. It's the only game I bought, and uh, as I said, it's very simple, and the, basically you've got six six different cards, each one that has a different spelling or a different way to say the word dude, and the whole object of the game is to find someone who has the matching card with you, and you do that by just saying the word dude as seen on the card over and over and over again until you think you see somebody who's got the same card as you. And you both will say dude at the same time. And then if you agree that it is the same version of dude, you'll say the word sweet. And then you'll reveal the card. And if you guys had it right, you get to keep the card. And if it was wrong, it goes into the discard in the center. When the last card is played by any person, they will shout the word chill. And you'll count up the number of cards that you had completed in front of you. And the person who has the most points wins. So again, very basic very silly and very fun. We had a really great time playing it. Uh, so I picked up Dude. I picked up More Dude, which is very similar, except there's uh, different types of people who are saying the word dude, like uh, an Italian chef or a robot. Uh, and then because I bought both of those, I got even one more dude, which just adds uh, more cards to the games. So um, it's another one of those games that, even though it's really silly and simple, I just have a fun time playing. So I highly recommend picking that up. Cool. Uh, so I'm going to segue into another North Star game, uh, which is called Oceans. And so this, this I just I randomly ran into this as a demo on, on the Expo Hall floor at PAX, and we decided to sit down and try it. So Oceans is North Star's latest evolution game. Uh, which I've actually never played any of their Evolution games before. It's my first one. Uh, and this is their latest one that's on Kickstarter right now. But yeah, we get to play... I, think, I mean, I think it was technically a prototype of it. It definitely wasn't the final pieces. But it was definitely an interesting game. We played a shortened version of it. And basically you have these decks of cards which represent various species of fish. So you can take these cards and use them to create a new species or add them into an existing species that you have. To create these unique fish types that you know maybe are you know bottom feeders that can eat up a lot of you know small fish or maybe they're you know big aggressive um, species that can actually attack the other species from the other players and, and get food that way but ultimately the goal is to score the most points by creating the most fish that um, can eat the most fish um, so the game's played each turn there's sort of a you know mutate your fish then you feed, and then you score by taking some of the fish um, into, into the little baggie that you have. So you're just trying to collect these little fish tokens by by eating the most fish. You know, overall, I, th I think it was fun. There's definitely a ton of uniqueness in the cards. I think there's a deck called the Deep, which I think they said is a hundred unique cards. Every one of them is a, a unique mutation you can add to your fish. So there's definitely a lot of variance there. It was there's a lot of cool synergies between the cards where you know you could say, oh. If the fish next to this fish attacks for so many points this round, then this fish also gets to do something. So 
Um, you can kind of build synergies between your fish. I mean, it was, it was really it was really cool in that regard. I wish we had gotten to play a full game. Um, it's kind of hard to judge in playing only you know a few few rounds or you know half a game like we kind of played. But um, overall, I think I think we enjoyed it and it was it was pretty fun. So uh, one of the other games that we played uh, was called Someone Has Died. And this is by a company called Gather Round Games. It's currently their only title, and it was funded on Kickstarter. And I really enjoyed this game. We laughed so hard that my cheeks hurt. But I know it's a game that James would never really want to play. It, As I said before, he is not a person who enjoys the storytelling games. And that is basically what this game is. There is some... It's basically the person who is dividing out the estate, the judge, of a person who has died. And the judge will make up a person and how they died and what their estate is. So we had our our judge who made up a character who was a who was a gamer who died from exhaustion and his estate was a lifetime supply of Mountain Dew. And basically you're given cards that is your identity and how you knew the decedent and then a couple identity traits. And you have to build a character out of these traits and tell a story as to why you were such a good friend with this with the deceased and why you deserve the estate and why you deserve it more than the other people who are making up stories as well. And so the judge will ask you questions. The other people will be asking you questions. More cards will come out onto the table. Uh, if a judge really likes an answer that you give, they'll give an objection card and you can use that to trip up one of the other players by giving them a fact that they then have to immediately incorporate into their story. And we played two rounds of this and we seriously were just laughing so incredibly hard. I, it would be a game that I would, I would pick up in a heartbeat if I knew I'd have people to play with, but I, we just had such a fun time and I cannot say enough good things that if you like this type of game, I would seriously consider getting this one. It was just, it was a lot of fun. So I just did a little bit of research on the game and it, and it looks like they've, they've been doing pretty well. They are currently sold out in the United States. Uh, they're about to print a second run. So, uh, I think there's a, there's a list of game stores out there that you can get them on, but you might not be able to pick this up for a little bit. Anything else on that? Nope. All right. So the last game I had picked out to talk about is a game called Root which if you pay any attention to the board game subreddits or any of that, I feel like Root comes up all the time, um, both positively and negatively. And this was the first time I got to play it. So Root is an asymmetric territory control game in that there are, in the core game anyway, four unique factions that you can play as. And each one has its own actions, its own um, sort of turn order, how the pieces they control the types of um, actions they can take. Uh, they're all very unique, which is really cool uh, from one well, from one side. you know, I mean, as you play the game, you get to try all these different things. It's very fresh. It's very unique. However, at the same time, to really have a good understanding of the game, you sort of need to have played each of the, each of the factions at least once to really understand uh, how they work. And so this being you know, my first game, I, I really understood how my faction worked, but the rest of the people's turns, I mean, they gave me a quick overview of how their faction worked. But, you know, when we really got into, like, the heat of the game, and it's like, oh, they're like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. Uh, for all I knew, 
I just had to trust that they were doing things right. They were doing things very differently than I was doing it, or differently than anybody else was, uh, but that's just sort of how the factions work. So um, just kind of take it at face value that they were doing things properly, which I, I think that they were, but um, it's just interesting to play a game where, you know, every, every everything's very different that way. Um, so I think I think to really get good at this game, there's definitely a barrier of entry there. Uh, you know, you really have to have a good understanding of each of the factions so that you know how to counter them and, and so forth. Uh, it's a very strategic game. Uh, I definitely had a lot of fun playing it. I would definitely need to play it more before I'm convinced on the game. You know, I uh, one of the faction that won the game, one of my friends playing it there said that he, he owns the game. He had said that that faction has won almost every one of his games. So I don't know if that means the game's imbalanced or if maybe that faction's just easier to, to grasp and so tends to win amongst beginners and maybe once everyone's an expert, then you know that will no longer be the case or what. But it's really hard to say after one play. But it's definitely a very, very interesting, uh, you know, territorial control game. If, if that's if that's what you're into, it's definitely a lot of, a lot of unique things going on in this game, and, and definitely very cool. There's also, I think, at least one expansion out right now that I believe adds two more factions, and then I think there's even a second one coming out that may be on Kickstarter or is just about to come on Kickstarter, but. So definitely a, a lot of content coming out for this game. Definitely a, a very interesting game. Anyway, Cora, are there any uh, other games you want to talk about? So there are a couple more that I, I did want to talk about. So these two games we played are not going to be on my list of wants. Uh, the first one is called Whatever, and it's a game that came out of Kickstarter, and it's it's basically a truth or dare type game. And you spin a, a spin a wheel, and you can either do a showdown, which is where you're competing against someone directly, or just a challenge card, which you which has some sort of basically truth or dare scenario on it. Uh, like one one of the challenges that we did was we had to wheelbarrow race down the hall. Another one was I had to text a friend who wasn't at the game a phrase ten times right in a row with no explanation. So. We actually ended up skipping a lot of cards because none of us really wanted to do them or we thought that they were kind of a little bit out there. And so it's not a game that I would necessarily recommend. Uh, and the second one is Pass the Buck, which was a bluffing type game where you're trying to work your way up the corporate ladder by delegating tasks to other people. And as as soon as you get rid of all the tasks in your hand, you get promoted up to the next level until you get to be promoted to CEO. And I think we didn't even finish the game. It didn't really make too much sense uh, the way that it played compared to a lot of the other very good bluffing games such as Coup or Secret Hitler, which I enjoy much, much more. So I probably pass on Pass the Buck. Are there any other games that you want to talk about? Um, no, I mean, I, I, there's a number of other games I played for the first time, but this was really the, uh, I guess I'll say the five most interesting games, you know, Everdell, Photosynthesis, Blood Rage, Oceans, and Root. Um, I will give a quick shout-out to a game called The Hive, or, or Hive Pocket, I believe was the edition we actually played. Um, it's a very cool, just two-player tile placement game. Very simple game, yet very strategic. Really enjoyed that. Um, also a great game for playing in line, um, as we talked about last week. Uh, so I played that for the first time. But I think that's the list that uh, I wanted to talk about this week. And, uh, yeah, how about you? Anything else? No, I think that was yeah. it. Okay. But 
Anywho, so that's uh, you know that's the list of games that we pulled out from uh, this year of packs. We definitely got to play more than this, but this is uh, you know I think the the interesting list or the better the better group that we wanted to talk about. Um, and so with that, uh, I just want to thank you for tuning in and listening, and uh, we look forward to doing this next week. We'll see you for episode four. Take care.